boy, I'm sure that you guys were all in for a boring-ass Beijing-Biden presidency throughout this entire thing. It was just going to be the news going to sleep, and we'd go back to being hypnotized by Netflix. Well, surprise, GameStop and investors on Reddit had something else to say about that. In other news, Joe Biden starts to piss off absolutely everybody with the agenda that he's starting to put forward, including a Green New Deal that he supposedly didn't support, and a commission into reforming the Supreme Court. We'll talk a bit about that. A second police officer dies by suicide after the Capitol attack. So we'll talk a bit about what's going on there. And Enrique Tar uh, Tario is in the news, possibly for being an informant. It's going to be a wild ride, and it's going to be a wild four years. Strap yourselves in, and I hope that you're here. Hey, 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 do you trust the plan yet? I'm Jay Edgar, and this is Contemporary. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Contemporary. My name is Jay Edgar. Sit down, strap yourselves in, because we are going to figure out what the hell is even going on with all this GameStop stuff right away, because I've read a little bit about this. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I still have no idea. I have absolutely no idea. I'm lost. This is crazy. The fact that people, well, it's not crazy that people are doing this, because I've got a feeling that America might be united right now. Not in our culture, not in our ideals, not in the direction we want the country to go. But we might be united right now in our utter disdain for Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. But before we do any of that, I want to give special uh, credence out here to Britt from the Freckles and Britt Show. Talking a bit on what we talked about yesterday, Joe Biden coming out and saying, no one should be profiteering off our criminal justice system. That's why today I order the Department of Justice to end their use of private prisons by the federal government. And Britt, in all of her salty goodness, comes out and says, what he means by this is no one but the state should be profiting. You're right. It shouldn't be private investors and private companies who are profiting off prisoners for their cheap and free labor. Especially when you can turn around and... Have the government do that for you. And have the people in the prisons fight your fires for you. Thank you, Britt, for that. And speaking of Britt, before we get into any of the news, head on over to freedomscoop.com. Freedomscoop.com is going to be your one-stop shop for all of your news and commentary needs, where we carry great shows such as The Freckles and Britt Show, The R-Rated Conservative, The Breakdown with Birkenhoff, The Generational Gap, and The Daily Ignoramus. Come on over there, pick up some of our swag, and help us support great creators. Remember, we will be back here on Saturday for Across the Board, featuring the R-Rated Conservative, Chris Lokes, The Real Mr. Behavior, KC89 from over on Twitter, and Angela Ramirez will be making her return trip to Across the Board. So come on over there, it's going to be a good discussion, especially with everything that's going on with the GameStop thing and everything we're seeing right now off of that. It's going to be an interesting conversation as we sit down and figure out what we're going to be doing for the next four years. I'm fairly excited to talk to all these people and figure out what it is that they think from this. All right, looking into the markets on the Dow. The Dow is down 633.87 points. The Dow has been in a free fall since the Biden presidency began. 
Not since it became official that he was winning. Not like under Trump when we all figured out that Hillary had conceded and all of a sudden we saw the stock market bump. But ever since Inauguration Day, the markets, at least the Dow, has been in a free fall. The S&P 500 has turned red for the year, which means they are down on the year. They, they have, well, they have gone up, but yeah, they're down on the year at this point. They're in the red, and the Dow is inching dangerously close to that too. And I'm sure this whole GameStop thing hasn't helped them at all. So that's where they're seeing right now. I mean, stock market news today is saying that Dow has had its biggest loss since October, which I believe is true. I didn't go back and fact check and verify that before that because I didn't add this uh, news story to the uh, to the stack, but. I'm pretty positive that's true. I think this is the worst one since then. So, good job on that. All right, as far as Bitcoin goes, as of this morning, Bitcoin is $31,565.60. That is in U.S. dollars. It is holding steady right now. I'm sure that everything that's going on with GameStop and the markets is going to help with that because I know that the marketeers, including those in the NASDAQ and in the Dow, are begging for government assistance right now. They're begging for the government to come in, and generally that comes, especially in a low economy, and in a low economy to come, that generally comes from printing money. So we'll see what happens there and where we land with that. All right, starting with MarketWatch, because IVD decided they wanted to put their weird ad blocker screen back up there. And Archive has been taking longer and longer and longer as more and more uh, news companies are trying to newspeak and uh, retcon their news stories. So Archive is getting longer and longer. But from MarketWatch, Dow futures edge higher after steep Wall Street sell-off. GameStop underlines worries about the market froth, which what do we have here? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight articles just on the GameStop thing because we are going to get to the bottom of this because, once again, I have no idea what's going on, but I'm hoping to leave today knowing at least what's going on and what's going to happen next off of this and whether Big Daddy government's going to come in and save us all. And by us, I mean the Wall Street investors. From William Watts. U.S. stock futures were mixed Thursday, struggling for direction, a day after steep losses for major indices on high trading volumes tied to worries over mixed earnings reports and a slowing economic recovery. Investors continued to monitor a surge in shares of GameStop Corporation that underlined concerns about speculative excess. Meanwhile, shares of big tech uh, stocks were lower in pre-market trade after earnings late Tuesday from Apple. Futures on the Dow were up 49 points, or 0.2%, to 30,238. S&P 500 futures were a little changed, down 0.2 points at 3744. NASDAQ 100 futures fell 62.6, uh, or 75 points, or a half a percent, to 13,042.75. Benchmarks fell sharply on Wednesday, with the Dow Jones Industrial Average dropping 633.87, or 2.1%, while the S&P 500 and NASDAQ Composite each dropped 2.6%. Volume surged on Wednesday with a little more than 23 billion shares traded, the highest since May 2019, according to the Dow Jones market data. 
Stocks gave up 2021 gains as investors fretted that the equity rally had gone too far as corporate earnings and the economy feel the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic. Worries about the speculative froth were underlined by the surge in the shares of GameStop, which has been the most heavily traded stock on Wall Street for two days as part of a battle between an army of individual investors organized on platforms like Reddit and short-selling hedge funds. I wonder if these people are going to go over to uh, 4chan, just out of curiosity. I wonder if that's what's going to happen because, I mean, we're seeing Reddit forums get uh, kicked off. Analysts said equity weakness also reflects fears that some hedge funds were scrambling to exit long positions in a bid to offset losses on shorts against stocks like GameStop and AMC Entertainment Holdings. GameStop shares were up another 32% in a volatile pre-market trade on Thursday. The GameStop short squeeze saga has sparked worries that certain investment firms are rushing for the exit to obtain cash to nurse any painful losses they're enduring. Within the past 24 hours, the mood has changed a lot as there's now a feeling that stocks across the board are in for further losses as a cut-and-run mentality is being adopted by some dealers, said David Madden, market analyst at CMC Markets UK in a note. While overshadowed by the GameStop saga, analysts said remarks Wednesday by Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell, underlining that the economy remains a long way from recovery and that some sectors already damaged by the coronavirus pandemic were experiencing another round of pain, were also a drag on the market. Well, hey man, I know I promised you that my first day in you'd be getting that, that second check, but you know what? I looked at the books and now we can't do it till March. That's, that's driving some of this too. I hope everybody knows that that's driving some of this too. And once again, going back to the chart that we looked at at the top here, I love the fact that we were promised normalcy and recovery out of the Biden presidency and the Dow has been down, has ended down. The futures have pointed up a couple times, but the Dow has ended down every single day since Joe Biden's inauguration. Every single day the markets have pointed or ended down. Weekly data on jobless benefits claims will provide investors a look at the state of the labor market. First-time claims are expected to fall uh, to 875,000 from 900,000 a week earlier. Well, that'll be first-time claims, and eventually we're going to run out of people to file first-time claims. But we're still losing a million jobs a week almost. December wholesale and retail inventory data is due at 8.30 a.m., while December new home sales and the December leading economic indicators report are both due at 10 a.m., so we'll see what the uh, housing market is going to do. That's going to be some interesting news, by the way, just to watch where the housing market goes on that, because with what's happening in the Dow and, of course, looking back at the trends from what we saw in 2008 to 2009, I've got a feeling that home prices are going to start uh, faltering and crashing too. So something to watch there, especially if you are in the market to sell. I'd be, if you're in the market to move, I'd be getting into it now as quickly as you can. And I'm saying this as a person who has a vested interest in you waiting. Because I don't have my real estate license yet and I can't help facilitate the move for you. But I still want you to get the most possible out of your home and... I got a feeling that uh, that drop is coming here. That other shoe is dropping here in the near future. So we will see what happens with that. All right, from CNBC, 
Dow drops more than 600 points for its worst day since October. S&P 500 goes red for the year. From Yoon Lee and Thomas Frank. Looks like I've got a couple people over on the Trovo too. Hi Trovo people. I'll take your name down and I'll read and thank you at the end of all this. At the end of the week. That's tomorrow by the way. If you guys lurk by the way, just uh, keep this in mind for you. If you lurk, make sure you get at least one message in. So I can come back and thank you at the end of the week, which I look very forward to doing at the end of every week because you guys make the show what it is. I've got everybody in the notebook for right now, so I can make sure that I get everybody's name and say that special thank you, including the people that don't like me. And there are a few of them that come in here. All right. U.S. stocks fell sharply on Wednesday amid disappointing earnings while concern about heightened speculative trading activity deepened. The Dow Jones Industrial Average lost 633.87 points, or 2.1%, to 30,303.17 for its worst day since October of 28, uh, October of 28, October 28th. The S&P 500 dropped 2.6% to 3750.77, slipping from a record high and suffering its biggest drop in three months. Wednesday's steep losses wiped out the 2021 gains for the S&P 500, and it's now down 0.1% on the year. The tech-heavy Nasdaq Composite slid 2.6% to 13,2760. Boeing fell nearly 4% after its earnings report showed its 2020 net loss hit a record of $11.9 billion. Amid the 737 MAX grounding and the coronavirus pandemic, shares of AMD tumbled more than 6% even after the chipmaker posted revenue and earnings that beat Wall Street's already high expectations. But it was intensifying speculative behavior among retail investors that was causing most of the concern. Heavily shorted names, including GameStop and AMC Entertainment, continued to be pushed higher by amateur day traders and online chat rooms. Yeah, the CNBC and your CNNs are demonizing this hard. We saw that with MarketWatch just a little bit too. Some investors are worried about mounting losses by hedge funds spilling over to other areas of the market as those funds sell other securities to raise cash. Investors are also concerned the speculative behavior is a sign that the market is overvalued and a pullback is near. Yeah, that's probably true, especially if taxes are going to go up, jobs are going to go away due to TPP, Housing markets are going to crash. These are all factors that says the market could be overvalued. But especially the taxes, the stuff that you can't avoid. The stuff that you can't help because the government is going to get theirs. We've run up so much and this is healthy profit taking, said John Davey, founder of C and CIO of Astoria Portfolio Advisors. There's been a tremendous market melt up in the past two months. When the market goes up parabolically, you will see speculative behaviors from a lot of investors. All right, we're going to skip out on the GameStop shares part of this because I've got eight of them here, and we're going to get to the bottom of this. So let's get right into it. Let's figure it out. Because once again, I have no idea what the hell is going on with this. Just speculations and little bits and pieces. So let's get started. From CNET, AMC GameStop stock go wild. Reddit's insane Ponzi scheme can't last. From Ian Scher. GameStop is one of those stories nearly ever, uh, every gamer has a story about. 
And for good reason, a lot of today's young adults spent their youth in the company stores, lining up for new consoles, as well as buying and selling used video games. Well, if you sold a GameStop, I'm sorry, but there were probably better options out there. I'm not going to insult you. I know it'd be really easy for me to come back and say, if you sold the GameStop, you're an idiot. Well, no. A lot of the times, that was the only place that would take it because, especially at the very beginning of the whole video game thing, if you wanted to sell your video games and get something else, there was no Craigslist. You were at their mercy. But I think most of us also have stories about GameStop because a lot of us grew up on the old guard YouTube listening to Razorfist rail against the video game giant. As well as buying and selling video games. Now some, peop uh, some of those people are making a fortune buying the company stock and cheerleading their friends on Reddit to buy it too. Causing the stock to swing wildly like never before. Though GameStop itself hasn't fundamentally changed much in the past month, its stock has shot up more than... 10,400%, and that's not a typo. The dynamic has led Wall Street investors who bet against the company's future to lose billions of dollars, and the excitement is driving the hype even uh, further. Yeah, I know um, Ron's been in various chat rooms, including this one, to come out and tell us some of the flaws in GameStop's plan. And, I mean, it's true. The brick-and-mortar stuff is starting to go away right now, especially given the fact that we're in the midst of the lockdown caused by the commie fucking coof. Because of that, we're sitting here. Nobody's going to these uh, stores anymore. I don't know if GameStop has an online presence because, to be quite frank, I've never had the desire to buy something from them. The last thing that I bought from a GameStop was my PS2. That is the last time I've been in a GameStop. And I bought that brand new when they first came out. But then I realized that their prices were entirely overjacked and you weren't going to get jack crap back if you tried to sell stuff to them, so... I decided that it wasn't worth it to go back in there. And I never felt the need to have store credit from them either. But, I mean, the model is there. there there's really no brick and mortar. I mean, people aren't going to malls anymore because they don't want to be there. I don't want to be there. I have no desire to go to a mall right now. So they're going on and your, you know, digital services. I think the last few games that I bought, the last few video games I bought have been, I know they have been actually, they've been through Steam because I just go on to Steam, get the download there, bring it in, no must, no fuss, and it's done. And I don't really have a new enough console where I can go out to a store and go buy games. So if I do want video games like hard copy video games, I go to Amazon for shit like that. And there's actually a much, much better video game store than GameStop. Uh, there's a couple of them in Madison. They're called Preplate. Now, of course, I don't spend money in Dane County anymore, so I don't go to Preplate anymore. But they're there, and it's a much better selection. And they have much older stuff. I know GameStop went out and said, well, we don't carry anything older than, like, the last generation console anymore. So they're hurting. They're hurting big. And the fact that now their stock is shooting up just because people are buying it like fucking crazy. I don't know what they're going to do with this. I really don't. This dynamic has led Wall Street investors who bet it... Uh, oh yeah, no, of course, because they were going to short sell. I read that uh, sentence already, but yeah. It looks like from everything I've seen from this, they were going to 
basically they were buying the stock knowing it was going to go down so they could sit i'm sorry getting ready to sell it knowing it was going to go down so they could come back and buy it back and make money off of it is what it sounds like they were trying to do and now that they sold it off and the stock is going crazy now they can't come back and buy it back i don't understand short sell in fact the most market education that i've ever had comes from reading CNBC and IBD to you guys every morning. Over the past week, the financial world watched in shock as GameStop stock rose to unthinkable levels. Even Elon Musk tweeted about it, putting it or pointing his 43 million followers to a link to the Reddit community investing in GameStop called r slash Wall Street Bets. By the close of regular trading Wednesday afternoon, the stock was at 347.51 per share, up from a historic low of 330 per share, $3.30 a share in the summer of 2019. And then the after hours trading, it dropped more than 37%, only to rise again. Amid all this, the people behind r slash Wall Street Bets hid it from public view, requiring people to ask for an invite into the group. Meanwhile, the popular chat app Discord banned the community outright after what it said were repeated violations of its hate speech rules and not for discussing finance. Yeah, I'm fucking sure. By the way, a side note on that. At some point here, Elaine uh, and I have been talking about this, I am going to launch a Red and Edge show Discord as well, I'm sorry, Gilded as well. We already have the Discord, but uh, it looks like Discord is, I mean, they can ban you in a second so just somebody random coming in can come out and look at midget b and s8's meme competition which i know the rest of you guys love but the right person can come in here and say oh look at all this hate speech and the fact that midget b puts the star of david on every single article about the government that i put in articles worth investigating so i've heard that gilded is a is a little bit more private, a little bit less known, and I still have the functionality to run a call-in show through it, so I'm going to be exploring that a little bit this weekend and hopefully launch a Red Net Show Gilded server instead. I'll keep the Discord server, but uh, we'll do the Gilded server too. We'll run them both to see which, uh, which one is uh, sticking. All right. Amid all this, the people... Uh, no, we read that one already. We're seeing a phenomenon right now that I've never seen. Jim Cramer, a Wall Street commenter on CNBC and a former hedge fund manager, said during a segment Monday, and GameStop could be just the start. It's insane. This may seem like an oddball story about Wall Street investors being overrun by excited social media users, but for some, it's been fun to watch those investors get taken to the cleaners by a bunch of people posting rocket emojis saying GameStop shares will go to the moon. Of course they did. But for some on Wall Street, it's the latest sign of how social media can upend everyday life. Twitter has changed the world's view and uh, of news and politics. YouTube and Instagram have transformed the fashion, beauty, and entertainment industries. Plus, you know the news because you guys are watching me instead of fucking CNN. Thank you for that, by the way. These worlds have overlapped as well. Fans of Korean pop groups, known as K-pop stands, post floods of tweets about their favorite stars to overwhelm racist hashtags on Twitter. And TikTokers banded together in attempts to confuse President Donald Trump's re-election campaign. Still funny. Didn't like it, but still funny. So, CNN is in a slight panic here. Let's move on. Let's see what CNN has to say about this. The Reddit forum that's freaking out Wall Street briefly went dark. 
sparking yet another frenzy from Rishi Iyengar. The Reddit message board that's breaking the internet by sending Wall Street into a frenzy was briefly taken private by its moderator excuse me, on Wednesday, adding further confusion to a wild day. We're experiencing technical difficulties based on unprecedented scale as a result of the newfound interest, said a message on the Wall Street Bets sub, uh, subreddit, adding that enforcement of the forum's rules and Reddit's content policy became increasingly difficult. WSB will be back, the moderators added. The subreddit exploded onto the investment scene earlier this week when aggressive touting of GameStop stock by several of its members set the video game retailer shares soaring more than 400% this week. The actions appear to have helped fuel a so-called short squeeze in GameStop stock, where investors who had used options to bet against the stock needed to recover uh, those bets by buying shares. Wall Street Bets has since turned its attention to other stocks, with movie theater chain AMC spiking more than 300% on Wednesday. Nice. Because nobody can go to the theater right now, except in a few select cities. And that's going away too. I mean, I know Disney Plus is trying to run up and capitalize on all this. Because nobody can go to the theater in most states because they're all locked down and you can't be in that close of contact with somebody and you've got to have the mask on because otherwise and you can't eat your popcorn if you got the mask on. You can't drink your Coke if you got the mask on. Whereas you can sit in your easy chair at home and pay 30 fucking dollars for a movie, which blows my mind, by the way, for a premiere where you can watch it on your home theater system. Which I have not done yet. Because I think that's ridiculous. I didn't pay that much for a movie ticket when there were still movie theaters in. Well, you got your popcorn and you, you got your this. And you, I don't give a fuck. I am not paying $30 to watch a movie in my own home. But yes, AMC is going to be another one where people look at that, expect it to uh, fall, and then, oh, hey, look, it's going up. Oh shit, now what, what do we do? In a post soon after making Wall Street bets public again Wednesday evening, the moderators outlined their struggle to manage the group's surging popularity. We have grown to the kind of size we only dreamed of in the time it takes to get a bad night's sleep, they said. We've got so many comments and submissions that we can't possibly even read them all, let alone act on them as moderators. The moderators also said several Twitter accounts were trying to impersonate them. At WSBMod is the only Twitter handle whose statements are directly from some part of the team. While it was private, a subreddit called Wall Street Bets New, meanwhile, gained more than 100,000 followers in about 30 minutes Wednesday evening. That subreddit was established in March last year. On it, users urged their peers not to panic. Others encouraged buying even more stocks in revenge for the outage. Revenge by tomorrow. They shook the wrong tree. Let's get it going tomorrow morning, boys. One user posted. Reddit told CNN Business that the moderators of Wall Street Bets chose to take the forum private, and the company was not involved in the decision. So that's what CNN has to say about this. And I'm, I'm almost more lost right now than I was at the beginning of this. Once again, I'm starting to understand a little bit of what's going on here, and some of this is, they're trying to tank the market is what it sounds like. They're trying to tank the, uh, 
the hedge fund managers, which are really taking the market in the direction they want it to go. And I do think that some of this is revenge against, let me rephrase that. Some of this is revenge for Bernie Sanders against Joe Biden because the establishment fucked Bernie Sanders two elections in a row. And honestly, I think the only unifying thing right now in America, in a place where we are incredibly divided, is the fact that none of us can stand the fact that Joe Biden and, by proxy, Kamala Harris are in the White House. All right, let's keep going here. From CNBC, uh, breaking, I don't have this. I think we're going to have to throw this one up here. No, I don't want to do that just yet but we will do that in a bit. GameStop surges another 40% in pre-market to 490 as uh, mania continues. GameStop soared yet again, topping $490 a piece in pre-market Thursday as the Reddit-driven retail momentum continued to heat up. Shares of the brick-and-mortar video game retailer burst losses in overnight trading, with it last jumping 41% to 490.06 in pre-market trading. The move followed more than 130% rally on Wednesday in heavy volume pushing... Its week-to-date gains to 466%. The stock was worth $40 just a week ago. GameStop has been a red-hot target in the Wall Street Bets Reddit chat room, where an army of at-home retail investors came together in pushing shares higher and squeezing out short-selling hedge funds. The forum, which now has more than 4 million members, briefly went private Wednesday. As moderators said, they were unable to ensure Reddit's content policy. One trending post on Thursday said they don't be uh, said don't be scared of the drop in GME BB hedge funds trade after hours to scare y'all. Keep buying and holding. The quick post drew more than a thousand comments in an hour. Another top post in the community said buy high, sell never, featuring a photo of GameStop. Some of the passionate Reddit users have been sharing screenshots of their favorite brokerage accounts showing monstrous returns from trading in GameStop and other names. The action in GameStop stock is a game of musical chairs, and my advice for investors is to sell before the music stops, said David Trainer, CEO of New Constructs. As fickle as the trading mob has been to select GameStop as one of their favorite stocks, they could just be as fickle uh, they could be just as fickle as to when to let the stock drop. The Reddit crowd started targeting other heavily shorted names, including Bed Bath & Beyond and AMC Entertainment. Once again, places that are affected by the lockdown. Places you can't go while we're sitting in lockdown. AMC skyrocketed 300% on Wednesday alone, bringing its weekly rally to over 450% in the previous session. More than a billion shares changed hands in AMC, marking its highest volume day ever. Bed Bath & Beyond has also surged 75% this week. The duo dipped slightly in pre-market trading on Thursday. So I've got I've to go down a different path on this. And we've got to think about this and talk about this. Now, with the added investment coming in, people buying up shares of, these, of this stock left and right, that means the value of the stocks is going up, obviously. And more money is pouring into these companies. Like, when you're buying a stock, you're investing in the company. So they're getting, for the most part, most of what uh, what your stock purchase is. Your broker's going to get a percentage of that. Um, I believe the market is going to get a, a percentage of that. But 
The company is getting this money, so what is GameStop going to do with all of this money that's coming into them? Because it looks like it's going to keep going. Now, some, it's going to start getting out of touch, uh, out of reach for some people. And I'm guessing at some point here, they're probably going to split the stock off. Maybe five to one, just to get more people, just to make it more accessible to more people. Because it appears that people want to do this, but they've got this money now sitting in their coffers. Could GameStop start a Steam competitor? Which actually wouldn't be the worst idea in the world for GameStop right now. Start a Steam competitor, start uh, something else that they can do with that. I know it probably takes away from their console basis, but I mean, what do you do with that when Reddit floods you with money? I know if it was me, I would try to use it to make more money. To reward the people that flooded me with money. And it's the same thing with AMC. Could AMC start a uh, streaming service? Could they try to corner the market on new movies? You know, we've seen what Disney Plus can do with new movies coming out. Could they corner the market on that? And put anything else that's a non-Disney movie out for the people to sit and watch in home, at their home theater? That'd be a good way to do this. What, what could Bed Bath & Beyond do? Could they become the new Amazon? If these companies are going to be taking in this money, the important, the important part to watch for this is not what it does to the stock market. The important part to watch for this is what the companies do for this. Could they stave off a depression because of this? We don't know. But I'd like to see where this goes. The extreme speculative behavior among rookie investors is unnerving many on Wall Street as mounting losses by hedge funds could spill over into other areas of the market. Some believe this buying frenzy could hurt overall market confidence and destabilize the conditions. The S&P 500 and the Dow Jones Industrial Average suffered their biggest losses since October on Wednesday as concerns about the mania deepened. Reddit co-founder Alexis Ohanian said Thursday that GameStop's trading frenzy marked a turning point in the U.S. investing landscape. I do think this is a seminal moment. I don't think we go back to a world before this because these communities, they're a byproduct of the connected internet, Ohanian said in a Squawk Box interview. Whether it's one platform or another, this is the new normal. And yeah, they can shut it down on Reddit. They can shut Reddit down completely, which probably wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Reddit is kind of cancer. But guess what they're going to do next? Next, it's going to be 4chan. Next, it's going to be maybe another Discord server. Twitter, maybe they'll make a new app for this. This isn't going away. I know Austin Peterson uh, pointed out that they figured out the game and now they're going to make some of these investors suffer. And I think they are. They figured out the game. All right. From Fox Business. Is American Airlines the next GameStop? Reddit's Wall Street Bets says maybe. From Lucas Manfredi. Could American Airlines stock become the next GameStop? Reddit users believe it may be possible. American Airlines surged more than 10% on Wednesday morning after one discussion on Reddit's Wall Street Bets forum posed the question, AAL next GME. Thoughts? AAL majorly shorted when all the other airlines aren't, one user wrote. Let's get this red WSB. WSB stands for r slash Wall Street Bets, a forum on, or subreddit on the popular social platform Reddit, where the discussion centers around investing, especially speculative investing. 
The Verge reported last Tuesday that the forum has decided to switch private instead of public due to increased activity. Dieter Bond tweets, due to the influx of users, mods now say that we are unable to ensure Reddit's content policy and the WSB rules are enforceable. Without a technology platform that can support automation of this enforcement, WSB will be back. See, what I think is going to happen here, because I know people are reaching out to say, Government save me before the market goes all the way down. Government, please come and save me. I got a feeling that all of a sudden there's going to be a big flood of people jumping into these forums, dropping the N-word left and right, so that now we can say, oh, hey, there's racism in here. Oh, we better shut this down. Oh, oh, hey, other Reddit CEOs and other Reddit uh, officials over here. Oh, you see this 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 weird forum that's got infected? It's got all this all this spam and bot traffic and everybody's dropping it. Hey, we, ju- we got to shut this down. We can't have this anymore. What are we doing? Another user chimed in with agreements, writing, Might hit $30 tomorrow with this market. I doubt the big traders will let this opportunity pass them again. However, not everyone on the forum agreed that the airline, which number one in uh, carrying passengers in 2019 before the pandemic hits, would be a safe bet. Do what you want with your money, but AAL is a lot bigger than GME, the user said. Airlines have been showing bad earnings so far, and tomorrow could be bad for American. Don't forget that GME and AMC started with good news. Good news, everyone! American Airlines, whose stock closed up more than 6% on Wednesday at 16.56, its highest level since December 3rd, will report fourth quarter earnings on Thursday. Like its competitors, American has struggled as the coronavirus pandemic ravaged demand for air travel. A spokesperson for the American Airlines did not immediately return Fox Business' request for comment. Yeah, they're going to do this again. They're going to find what's possibly looks like going to be short-sold, and then they're going to flood it again. They're out against the establishment. They're not out against, well, they're not necessarily against the companies. They want the established investors, uh, investors rather, to suffer. And they're doing a very good job of it, too. All right, I've got one here, archived from the Chicago Tribune. Maybe this will shed some light on what's going on here. Here's what happened to GameStop. Investors on Reddit, uh, Reddit overwhelmed. The, uh, and AMC may be the next battleground. Because of the way this archived, I'm sure this uh, video audio play cut out most of this headline here. But let's see what's going on with this. Across most of America, GameStop is just a place to buy video games. On Wall Street, though, it's become a battleground where swarms of smaller investors see themselves making an epic stand against the 1%. I, I, I can't stand the fact that, that everybody with the, with the Robin Hood app has, has made more impact and more panic on Wall Street than I have in 70 years. The upper 1%. The funds serving the financial elite are starting to walk away in defeat. Big bets they made that GameStop's uh, stock would fall went wrong, leaving them facing billions of dollars in a collective loss. All the wild action pushed GameStop stock as high as $380 on Wednesday, up from just $18 a few weeks ago. 
The stunning seizure of power gives some validation to smaller pocketed investors, many of whom are encouraging each other on Reddit and are trading stocks for the first time thanks to brokerages offering free trading apps. It's also left more investors on Wall Street asking if the stock market is a dangerous bubble about to pop. Yes. Yes, it is. As AMC Entertainment, Bed Bath & Beyond, and other downtrodden stocks suddenly soar as well. The S&P 500 set a record high earlier this week, though it fell on Wednesday. Two investment firms that had placed bets for money-losing GameStop's stock to fall have invest, uh, essentially thrown in the towel. One, Citroen Research, acknowledged Wednesday in a YouTube video that it unwound the majority of its bet and took a loss 100% to do so. But Andrew Left, who runs Citroen, says that does not change his view that GameStop stock will eventually go down. We move on, Left said. Nothing has changed with GameStop except the stock price. He also said he has respect for the market, which can run stock prices up much higher than where critics say they should be, at least for a while. <clears throat> Excuse me. Melvin Capital is also exiting GameStop, with manager Gabe Plotkin telling CNBC that the hedge fund was taking a significant loss. He denied rumors that the hedge fund will fail. The size of the losses taken by Citroen and Melvin are unknown. Before its recent explosion, GameStop stock had been struggling for a long time. The company has been losing money for uh, years as sales of video games increasingly go online, and its stock fell for six straight years before rebounding in 2020. That pushed many professional investors to make bets that GameStop stock will decline even further in such bets called short sales. Investors borrow a share and sell it in hopes of buying it back later at a lower price and pocketing the difference. GameStop is one of the most shorted stocks on Wall Street. But its stock began rising sharply earlier this month after a co-founder of Chewy, the online seller of pet supplies, joined the company's board. The thought is that he could help the company's transformation as it focuses more on digital sales and closes brick-and-mortar stores. Its shares jumped from 1994 from less than $18 on January 11th. At the time, it seemed like a huge move for the stock. Surprise! Smaller investors were meanwhile shorting each other online to keep GameStop stock rolling higher. The raucous discussions are full of sarcasm, self-deprecation, and emojis of rocket ships signifying the belief that GameStop stock will fly to the moon. Well, it's kind of there at that point, at, at the point we're sitting at right now. What's an actual rational selling point above 200, 500? So I don't have to watch this ticker every second until Friday to Monday, one user wrote in a Reddit discussion Tuesday afternoon as GameStop so, uh, soared. I have no idea what I'm doing, added that they had other things to do. There's no overriding reason why GameStop has attracted this cavalcade of smaller and first-time investors. Yeah, it is. They wanted to wreck the hedge fund managers. But there's a distinct component of revenge against Wall Street in communications online. So, thank you, Chicago Tribune. That's actually probably the best explanation so far for this. So, I've, I've got an idea of what's going on now. All right, from the Hill, Elizabeth Warren weighs in on the GameStop st uh, stock surge. From Celine Castro Nuovo. Senator Elizabeth Warren 
on Wednesday took to Twitter to comment on GameStop's recent stock surge spurred by amateur investors, with Warren criticizing hedge funds and wealthy investors dismayed by GameStop trades. GameStop on Wednesday surged again following a series of back-and-forth swings, trading at roughly $337 per share when it was briefly halted shortly after 1 p.m. Eastern Time. According to CNBC, this was an increase of about 128% from Tuesday's market close, giving the company a market cap of about $23 billion on Wednesday. The swings have largely been organized by amateur investors on forums such as Reddit and have forced a halt to trading multiple times, sparking confusion from traditional investors and short sellers who are betting on the stock falling. Warren responded to the recent developments on Twitter by writing, With stocks soaring while millions, uh, millions are out of work and struggling to pay bills, it's not news that the stock market doesn't reflect our actual economy. It never has. The stock market reflects what analysts and people who sit and watch this every single day, every second of every day, think that the economy is going to do. It's not the economy. You're absolutely right. Warren, who has repeatedly levied criticisms against big, bank, uh, big banks and firms on Wall Street, went on to say in a follow-up tweet, For years, the same hedge funds, private equity firms, and wealthy investors dismayed by the GameStop trades have treated the stock market like their own personal casino while everyone else pays the price. It's long past time the SEC and other financial regulators to wake up and do their jobs. The Democratic senator continued, With a new administration and Democrats running Congress, I intend to make sure they do. The Texas-based video game company saw a boost in extended trading Tuesday after Tesla CEO Elon Musk tweeted out the link to the Reddit board where much of the GameStop stock discussion among investors was taking place, Deutsche Bank strategist Jim Reed told CNBC that GameStop was the most traded stock on the market by value Tuesday. The changes led to a rise in short selling, in which investors borrow shares of a stock to sell them at a certain price with the ex uh, expectation that the value of the shares will fall. The short seller then purchases an identical amount of shares to return to the investor they borrowed from and ideally pockets the difference between the money made by selling the original shares at a higher price and the money spent to purchase them when the price has fallen. I didn't know you could borrow a stock. That's the part that I can't wrap my head around. I didn't know you could borrow a stock. Once again, I've never traded, I've never invested, but... The revolution will be live-streamed, folks. TD Ameritrade on Wednesday said it put in place restrictions on certain transactions involving GameStop in the interest of mitigating risk for our company and clients, and Charles Schwab also tightened trading restrictions around some stocks. While investors on Reddit and other platforms defended their actions, arguing they're creating a new group of investors in the stock market, traditional investors have pushed back against the sudden changes. No, we're supposed to do, uh, be the one who determines what the price is. You're not allowed to do any of this. I bet you a lot of these head funds, especially, but a lot of the big investors as well, hate fucking Robinhood right now. I bet you they hate Robinhood. 
I wouldn't be surprised if they started pushing Google and Apple to start taking that off the uh, App Store. I actually might pick that up as soon as we're off stream. Not because I really expect to do a lot of investing, just because I want it to be there because I'm pretty sure it's going away. It's like Parler and Gab. I, my old Motorola sitting over there on the desk with a battery that barely holds a charge still has the Gab app on it. And it's the only reason I still have the damn thing. I might put a new battery in the thing just because it still has the Gab app on it. All right. Do I have... Yeah, I got a couple more here. Then we're going to talk about other stuff. We've talked about GameStop through pretty much this entire program. From CNN Politics, the point with uh, Chris Saliza, how Trumpism explains the GameStop uh, stock surge. Because why wouldn't it be Trump? This is an op-ed by CNN. At the core of Donald Trump's angry populist appeal was and is the sentiment. The elites think they know better than you. They think they can tell you how to live and what to believe. But guess what? We the people are smarter than the elites. Trump elucidated this argument in its purest form at a rally in North Dakota in 2018 when he went on this riff. I meet with these people. They call them the elite. These people, I look at them. I say, that's elite. We got more money. We've got more brains. We've got better houses, apartments. We've got nicer boats. We're smarter than they are. And they say that they're elite. We're the elite. You're the elite. We're the elite. So I said the other day, let's keep calling these people. Let's face it. They've been stone-cold losers, losers, the worst losers, okay? The elite, the elite, so that they keep calling themselves the elite. But we're going to call ourselves and remember, you are indeed, you work harder, but you're indeed smarter than them. Let's call ourselves from now on the super elite. We're the super elite. We're the best, okay? The greatest, the greatest elite there is. What made Trump's argument so potent, politically speaking, is that he wasn't just calling out the elites. He was saying that average Joes need to rise up and actually show them how wrong they are. That voting him, uh, him, that voting him for him, that's probably a typo somewhere, was the best way to express their anger and frustration with the condescension of their alleged betters. Donald Trump offered himself up as a collective middle finger to the elites, and he won. All of which brings me to the current seemingly inexplicable stock surge of GameStop, the video game seller that has made its money over the years, thanks to its location in malls. The origins of the surge are uh, in the prevalent belief among Wall Street Sharps, professional investors, that GameStop stock, even before its recent spike, was overvalued. After all, shopping malls are in long decline. Malls are doomed. 25% will be gone in five years, read a CNN headline in 2017. That has only been exacerbated by the Kami Kuf pandemic. As a result, in the belief among the pro-investor crowd that GameStop was essentially doomed, they began shorting the stock, especially betting on it to fail. This happens all the time to a variety of stocks with very little fanfare. It's the way of the modern stock market. So Liz is trying to defend this. And I, I saw one tweet earlier today. Uh, somebody pointed out the fact that if you're short selling like this, which is what they were doing, it's essentially the same as me going to your wedding reception and betting around with the wedding party as to when I think the wedding is going to fail. That is that is essentially what this is, which, by the way, I've done that before to certain couples. But 
CNN, of course, they've got to do whatever they can to blame Trump for this. He is still going to suck the air out of the room through the rest of the Biden presidency because nobody wants to report on the stupid shit that Biden is doing. All right, I got one more here, then we'll talk about other stuff. From the Daily Wire, Jen Psaki on GameStop stock surge. We have the first female Treasury Secretary from Emily Zanotti. Biden administration press secretary Jen Psaki responded to questions about whether the White House was monitoring the ongoing social media-driven stock surge by focusing the Treasury uh, on the uh, Treasury Secretary's gender. As the Daily Wire reported on Wednesday, the Reddit forum R Wall Street Bets, the subreddit Wall Street Bets, seems to be the driving factor in an explosive stock market growth for the video games retailer. We've read all this before. Let me see if there's a video here. No, there's no video. That's lame. GameStop, hedge fund's most hated stock, was targeted by an army of retail investors who marshaled forces against short sellers in online chat rooms. In the Reddit forum, Wall Street Bets, with more than 2 million subscribers, rookie investors encouraged each other to pile into the GameStop's shares and call options, creating massive short squeezes in the stock. The effect has been immediate and dramatic. The New York Times reports has spread to other companies. Millions of amateur uh, stock traders collectively are taking on some of Wall Street's most sophisticated investors. They piled into trades around companies. We've read all this before. At her daily White House press conference on Wednesday afternoon, Psaki responded to questions over whether the administration might get involved in the oncoming uh, stock surge by noting they just hired Janet Yellen as Treasury Secretary. Is the White House concerned about the stock market activity we're seeing around GameStop and now some other stocks as well, one reporter asked Psaki. Have there been any conversations with the SEC about how to proceed? Well, I'm also happy to repeat that we have the first female Treasury Secretary and a team that's surrounding her and often questions about the markets. What is this? What is this? When asked about the deep stock Dow decline, Pasaki responded with a uh, confusing excuse. It is a good reminder that the stock market is not only the measure of the health of our economy, she said, and it does not reflect how working and middle-class families are doing. So there you have it. Something is throwing the stock market into turmoil in the beginning of the Biden presidency, and it appears to be a middle finger to Biden. What's going to happen to that? Oh, well, we have our first female Treasury Secretary. What is this? What is this? All right, and that is the end of the stock market saga. Let's see what else is going on throughout the day here. From Politico, Biden starts staffing a commission on Supreme Court reform. From Tyler Pager, the Biden administration is moving forward with the creation of a bipartisan commission to study reforms to the Supreme Court and the federal judiciary. The commission will be housed under the purview of the White House Counsel's Office and filled out with behind-the-scenes help of the Biden campaign's lawyer, Bob Bauer, who will co-chair the commission. Its specific mandate is still being decided. But in a signal that the commission is indeed moving ahead, some members have already been selected, according to multiple people familiar with the discussion. Switch the parties. Switch the parties. Can you imagine if a President Ted Cruz did this? 
after President Kamala Harris got three Supreme Court picks. Can you imagine the outrage that the media would be doing to this? Among those who will be on the commission are Christina Rodriguez, a professor at Yale Law and a former Deputy Assistant Attorney General in the Obama Department of Justice, who will join Bauer as co-chair, Carolyn Fredrickson, the former president of the American Constitution Society, and Jack Goldsmith, a Harvard Law School professor and former Assistant Attorney General in the Bush Department of Justice, will also serve on the commission. Those familiar with the discussion said, Whatever we do, we can't let the Supreme Court have three Trump picks on it unless we do something about it. Whatever we do, we've got to stop this somehow. Somehow, some way, we've got to stop this. Fredrickson has hinted that she is intellectually supportive of ideas like court expansion. In 2019, she said in an interview with Eric Lesh, the executive director of the LGBT Bar Association and founder of Greater New York, I often point out to people who aren't lawyers that the Supreme Court is not defined as a nine-person body in the Constitution, and it has changed size many times. It's going to be a hard sell, it, no matter what you do, especially if cinema is going to block the filibuster, it's going to be a hard sell. So, we will see what happens with this. Let's keep going from the blaze. Biden promised no new taxes for families making under $400,000, but his Commerce nominee just said something else entirely. Nobody making under 400000 bucks would have their taxes raised, period. From Carlos Garcia. President Joe Biden promised that families making under $400,000 a year would face no new taxes under his plans. But his nominee to head the Commerce Department must have not gotten that particular memo. Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo said during a Senate hearing Tuesday that her nomination, or for her nomination, that the administration would have to remain open to new taxation on the middle class families in order to fund policies on climate change and infrastructure improvement. No way! It's almost like those of us in independent media have been telling you that ever since they started to float the Green New Deal. Especially given the fact that we're going into a depression and people are losing a million jobs a week right now. It's like we warned you about this. Ramondo was asked by Senator Rick Scott to comment on whether she would be in favor of new taxes, including a gas tax. Let me say this. I, as a governor, and deeply in... Uh, in touch with how much increasing bills to uh, affect the average family, responded Ramundo. Having said that, we do need to meet the climate change challenge and we need funds for improved infrastructure, better roads, safer roads, safer bridges, which also creates jobs. So I would look to balance those interests and work as a piece of the president's team, she added. This appears to be in contradiction to Biden's promise in May of the previous year, made during an interview with CNBC. I understand that you want to raise taxes. The question is how quickly you do that in the midst of in the midst of a pandemic and in the midst of trying to get the economy to recover, asked host Andrew Ross Sorkin. Nobody making under four hundred thousand bucks would have their taxes raised. Period. Bingo. Let's get people back to work. Let's get them back to work, said Biden definitively. Well, that's out the window. Bye bye. 
It's almost like we told you that was what was going to happen. The government's going to spend more money. And they're either going to devalue the stuff that you have in your pocket or jack your taxes. Or both. From the New York, from the New York Post. Biden pitches Green New Deal like $2 trillion environmental plan. From Steve Nelson and Mark Moore. President Biden on Wednesday unveiled his environmental plan, the Green New Deal-like initiative aimed at putting climate change at the center of our domestic, national security, and foreign policy, which has drawn criticism for its high costs and potential job losses as the U.S. tries to dig out of its COVID-19-induced economic uh, troubles. Biden pitched the package of policy changes, including eliminating coal, oil, and natural gas as electricity sources by 2035 as a boon to the workforce, but has met with worry over the current jobs that would be lost amid a health crisis, economic crisis, and $27 trillion national debt. Yeah. Which I've been telling you about. Since it ballooned under Trump. I've been telling you about the debt since before it was cool. This is going to come due at some point, and they're just going to continue to fucking add to it. While they put more people out of work, Patrick Morrissey, West Virginia's Republican Attorney General, said Wednesday that Biden's policies will be destructive to the economy, especially as it tries to recover from the coronavirus business slowdown. What we're seeing in the first week of the Biden administration is that the president is really taking the wrecking ball to many of the states that have oil, gas, coal, manufacturing jobs. That's going to be a real detrimental impact, especially as the American economy is coming out of COVID-19, a pandemic, Morrissey said on Fox News. Like I said, it's almost like we told you about this. Previous to November 3rd. It's almost like we saw this coming. When these people, like when Hillary Clinton said it, I'm going to put a lot of coal workers out of business. I believe you. I believe you. I believe that that's what these people are going to do, and it appears that I am right. So more jobs going away. Let's see. From the Daily Caller, John Kerry's asked about what his message would be to oil and gas workers who see an end to their livelihoods. Watching you both right now, who will hear the message that, that the takeaway to them is that they are seeing an end to their livelihoods. Uh, what what do you say to them, particularly those people who who President Trump struck a chord with on the campaign trail when he promised to save their jobs? What is your message to them right now? And also to the oil industry executives who are listening, are you putting them on notice today? Well, we didn't come here to put anybody on notice except to the seriousness of uh, President Biden's intent to uh, do what needs to be done to deal with this crisis. And it is a crisis. Um, with respect to uh, those workers, no, no two people are more uh, in this room are more concerned about it. And the president of the United States has expressed in every comment he has made about uh, climate the need to uh, grow the new jobs that pay better, that are cleaner. That I mean, you know, you look at the consequences of black lung for a miner, for instance, and measure that against the fastest growing job in the United States before COVID was solar power technician. The same people can do those jobs. But the choice of doing the solar power one now is a better choice. 
similarly, uh, you have uh, the second fastest growing job pre-COVID was wind turbine technician. This is happening. 75 percent, 70 percent of all the electricity that's come online in the United States in the last few years came from renewables. All right, that's enough of that there. That's enough of John Kerry's lies. Now, I am very open to solar energy. I'm very open to wind energy. I like those ideas. But technologically, we're not there where the offset is there. That wind turbine can spin until the blades fall off, and you will not offset the amount of coal that it took to build the thing. You will not offset the amount of fossil fuels that it took to smelt the steel panels, to smelt the steel, to forge, and to put the thing together. You can spin that wind turbine until the blades fall off, and you will not offset that amount of coal. But that's the, that's the part they don't tell you about. They don't tell you about the manufacturing part of it. And all the fossil fuels that it takes to do that. And it's the same thing. I I like the idea of solar energy. And I've, I've loved solar energy since I was a kid. But technologically, we're not there on the panels yet. We don't have enough energy coming out of the panels to offset the cost of making them and the risk of making them. Because they leak. And then, you know, you've got a solar field out there. Or just one solar panel out there. And it cracks. Not necessarily something bad happens to it. Or a defect in manufacturing. But like a rock flies up and hits the thing and it cracks. The chemicals in the solar panel get into the soil. And that area of the soil is fallow. For years to come. I want to see more solar. I really do. Throughout... uh, throughout my lifetime but i just i know we're not technologically to the point where that can take completely over i'd like to get there i'd like to see it but we need to do a lot more research to this and yes we can have the people manufacture the solar panels and the wind turbines yes they can do that but they're not the ones that are doing the research to help us move along they don't have the expertise to do that yet to move along and make these better solar panels and the manufacturing process that doesn't involve millions of tons of coal to get 25 kilowatt hours of electricity. Thank you, John Kerry. Let's keep going. From Yahoo News, John Kerry, American workers fed false narrative that shift to clean energy is coming at their expense. From Tim O'Donnell, President Biden said when, uh, on Wednesday turned his attention to climate issues, signing executive orders that seek to halt new oil and gas leases on public lands and waters, conserve 30% of federal lands and waters by 2030, and find ways to double wind production by the same year. John Kerry, the first ever U.S. climate envoy, championed the actions, reiterating his belief that the climate crisis is ex- uh, existential and failure literally is not an option. While briefing reporters, Kerry was asked about potential job losses in the fossil fuel industry and whether he had a message for workers who believe they're witnessing the end of their livelihoods. Kerry explained to those workers, or that those workers rather, have been fed a false narrative by the Trump administration about the shift to clean energy, which he said will not come at their expense as they, as 100,000 of them lose their jobs over the initiative that you're putting forward. See, you can't tell them it's a false narrative as you're, as you're putting 100,000 of them out of work. See, that just that just doesn't work. 
We have tangible numbers for this. He added that before the COVID-19 pandemic, the solar and wind energy industries were growing swiftly while coal plants had been closing over the last few decades. The same people can do those jobs, but the choice of doing the solar power one is a better choice, he said, also pointing out that the health, uh, the health risks associated with coal mining. Well, you put people out of work at the bottom of the economy. With the stock market precariously ready to go and the housing market precariously ready to pop. So, I don't believe you, John Kerry. All right, from the Daily Wire. Wisconsin pharmacist accused of vaccine tampering to plead guilty from Eric Quintanar. A 46-year-old former Wisconsin pharmacist agreed to plead guilty on two counts of attempted tampering on Wednesday after he was accused of deliberately leaving out vials of COVID-19 vaccine from a pharmacy refrigerator in an effort to spoil them. According to the Department of Justice, Steve Brandenburg removed COVID-19 vaccine vials manufactured by Moderna from the pharmacy refrigerator in Grafton, Wisconsin. Over the course of two evenings in December, the plea agreement states Brandenburg intended to render those vaccines inert or ineffective with his actions. The incident occurred at Advocate Aurora Healthcare and affected over 500 doses of the COVID-19 vaccine, some of which were administered to hospital staffers when officials believed it had been an accident and that they were still within the usability window. Tampering with vaccine doses in the midst of a global health crisis calls for strong responses. As reflected by the serious charges the U.S. has brought today, said Brian Boynton, acting assistant AG for the DOJ's civil division, in a statement on Wednesday. The Department of Justice will continue to work with law enforcement partners to ensure the public receives safe and effective vaccines. That's all well and good, but here's... The way that this breaks down. First off, this dude's an asshole. Now, I'm not getting the vaccine, and I think most people in the audience today are not getting the vaccine. I think there's one, that is. I think most people who are watching this program right now, though, are not going to go and get the vaccine. But that doesn't mean that I want a tampered vaccine, something that's possibly unsafe, to go into the people that are. That is something that I want to keep in mind for you. I... I if the people want to get the vaccine, I want it to be as safe as possible for them. So, this dude is a jackass. I don't know what's going to happen with him. I The federal government's getting involved in this, which I'm very uneasy about. Because, I, especially with Kamala Harris at the reins. I feel like he is going to be in for cheap prison labor somewhere in a federal camp, but making profit off of him. For the federal government, not for a private uh, citizen. All right, from the Hill. Second police officer dies by suicide after capital attack from Christina Marcos. A second police officer who responded to the attack on the Capitol by a violent mob on January 6th has died by suicide, according to the acting Metropolitan Police Department chief. Acting MPD Chief Robert Conti identified the officer as Jeffrey Smith, who said he was injured while trying to help contain the mob of former President Trump supporters attempting to stop Congress from certifying President Biden's electoral victory. That was a very sad and tragic uh, situation for us, Conti said. During a conference on Wednesday, he had been injured as a result of the confrontation that had occurred at the Capitol, and a couple days after that, the officer, uh, he took his own life. 
Conti said that Smith was apparently on his way to, uh, to work on the George Washington Parkway when he took his own life. U.S. Park Police is handling the investigation of Smith's death since it occurred in its jurisdiction. He was driving to work and he took his own life. This whole capital thing is glowing. Now, once and I'm not so conspiracy minded to think that this was just all Antifa that was disguised as Trump supporters going in. And I've said this on the Rednet show, I've said this on this show. I look at this. There were a lot of Trump supporters that went in the Capitol. But I see a lot of monkey see, monkey do. I, The president gave this speech and he said, we're going to march on the Capitol. But, I mean, even at that point, people were already going in. And I'm sure there were a lot of people that were already standing out front, waving the little fucking MAGA flags, waving their uh, thin blue line flags, and for whatever reason, their Gadsden flags, even though that doesn't really go with Trumpism. But they were in there. They were already out there. And, you know, maybe one or two charismatic people in the front, including the dude in the buffalo costume. But I'm also guessing some people who were, I don't even want to say Antifa anymore. I want to say people who were actually working with the government started egging people to go, let's take the capital, let's do this. And then you get a monkey see, monkey do, and bada bing, bada bam, we have a 20,000 page domestic terrorism bill ready that same day, by the way. None of this makes sense. I hate all of this. This is all disgusting, and it glows. It glows fed everywhere. Fed, 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 fed. This glows fed. Like, this glows set up. This is set up. And then now, we've got 20,000... Uh, we've got another Patriot Act coming. And all of a sudden, the people on the inside who seem to know about what happened, including, you know, there were people that let these people in, are suddenly mysteriously dying under mysterious self-inflicted wounds. I wonder if uh, the cause of death was self-inflicted uh, gunshot to the back of the head. None of this capital thing makes sense. It's all weird, and it's not over. All right, let's keep going. From Politico, Trump poll shows impeachment backlash hitting Cheney. Uh, from Alex Isenstadt, Donald Trump's political operation has commissioned a poll on Wyoming Representative Liz Cheney's re-election prospects, part of an effort to punish the most high-profile Republican who supported impeaching the former president earlier this month. The survey paints a bleak picture of Cheney's political standing as she faces fierce backlash from Trump supporters over her impeachment vote, with House conservatives moaning an effort to oust her from party leadership, the Wyoming Republican Party condemning her and primary challengers lining up. Well, good. You do the opposite of what your constituents want. Your constituents have the opportunity and the right to hold you accountable for it. There's not a lot to go, uh, to go on here. We knew this was coming. The people of Wyoming didn't want her to vote for this. She voted for it anyway, and now she's going to face the consequences. Enjoy. Let's keep going. Uh, speaking of people in Congress, uh, M.T. Greeny, is this you harassing David Hogg? 
weeks after the Parkland shooting. That's my daughter, uh, that my daughter was killed in. And he was in, calling him a coward for ignoring your insanity. David, why are you supporting the red flag laws? If there had been, if Scott Peterson, the resource officer at Parkland, had done his job, then Nicholas Cruz wouldn't have killed anybody in your high school, or at least protected them. Why are you supporting red flag gun laws that attack our Second Amendment rights? And why are you using kids to get to, as a barrier? Do you not know how to defend your stance? Look, I'm an American citizen. I'm a gun owner. I have a concealed carry permit. I carry a gun with, for protection for myself, and you are using your lobby and the money behind it and the kids to try to take away my Second Amendment rights. You don't have anything to say for yourself? You can't defend your stance? How did you get over 30 appointments with senators? How'd you do that? How did you get major press coverage on this issue? Yeah, a little bastard needs to be called out, but that's probably not the way to do it. That's probably not the way to do it. I would uh, question as well as whether or not he was a minor at the time or not, because, uh, yeah, that's probably not the way to do it. But, of course, because she took a shot at the king and she introduced the article. Now, had she not introduced the articles of impeachment, I have to wonder had if anybody would have even known about this. You know, up until then, she was just, just another GOP uh, representative. But now they're digging everything up that they can find. And yeah, that probably wasn't the way to go about that. I'd have probably gone about that a different way if it was me. All right. From Politico. Representative Jimmy Gomez drafts resolution to oust Marjorie Taylor Greene from Congress. From Matthew Choi, Representative Jimmy Gomez wants uh, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene booted from Congress. The California Democrat announced on Wednesday that he planned to introduce a resolution to oust the conspiracy theory peddling Republican from Georgia after uh, recent news reports revealed that Greene had previously called for violence against Democrats on social media. About two-thirds majority is required to expel a member from the House, meaning Gomez's resolution is almost certain to fail in a chamber where Democrats hold a razor-thin majority. Still, the measure is one of the starkest rebukes yet against the Congresswoman, who has antagonized her peers by flouting coronavirus guidelines and has garnered national attention for engaging in the QAnon conspiracy theory. She's also denied the Parkland school shooting and was filmed spreading racist, Islamophobic, and anti-Semitic comments, prompting condemnation from the leaders of her own party. See, you don't want to do this. For the same reason that Reed didn't want to uh, uh, end the filibuster for federal judges. You don't want to do this. For the same reason that cinema doesn't want to end the filibuster. Anything you do in Congress is going to come back to bite your you or your party eventually. And if you set this precedent, then they're going to turn around and oust everybody from the House of Representatives the next time they have a two-thirds majority. And given what's happening with the jobs, with the market, including with the, what's going on with GameStop, with the housing bubble, 
and the suddenly delayed coronavirus checks. I got a feeling that that two-thirds majority may be actually in reach for Republicans coming up in 2022. Of course, they keep fucking around, they're going to find out, but uh, I've got a feeling that that two-thirds majority is, I don't think it's there, but I think it's within reach at this point. I think it's within reach. You don't want to do that. Throw a censure at her if you believe that uh, she's done something worthy of censure. Absolutely throw a censure at her. I think you should wait until she does something in office. But if you want to get her removed over this, just remember what's going to happen in the future because of it. All right. We've got one more here, then we'll do a thing that I like and a thing that I hate and head on out of here. From Reuters, exclusive Proud Boys leader was prolific informer for law enforcement from Aram Rostin. Enrique Tario, the leader of the Proud Boys extremist group, has a past as an informer for federal and local law enforcement, repeatedly working undercover for investigators after he was arrested in 2012, according to a former prosecutor, in a transcript of a 2014 federal court proceeding obtained by Reuters. In the Miami hearing, a federal prosecutor, a FBI agent, and Tario's own lawyer described his undercover work and said he had helped authorities prosecute more than a dozen people in various cases involving drugs, gambling, and human smuggling. Tario, in an interview with Reuters Tuesday, denied working undercover or cooperating in cases against others. I don't know any of this, he said when asked about the transcript. I don't recall any of this. Law enforcement officials and the court transcripts contradict Tario's denial. In a statement to Reuters, a former federal prosecutor in Tario's case, Vanessa Singh Johannes, confirmed that he cooperated with local and federal law enforcement to aid in the prosecution of those running other separate criminal enterprises ranging from running marijuana, grow houses in Miami, to operating pharmaceutical fraud schemes. Tario, 36, is a high-profile figure who organizes and leads the right-wing Proud Boys in their confrontations with those they believe to be Antifa, short for anti-fascism, an amorphous and often violent leftist movement. No, it's just an idea. It's not a movement. It's not a group. It's just an idea. The Proud Boys were involved in the deadly insurrection at the Capitol on January 6th. Still a lot of monkey see, monkey do. That's that's interesting to see, and I don't. I mean, he's denying it, but uh, I'd love to see where this comes out from, and if there if there is some proof of this as well. So, we will see what happens for this. And I mean, could the Prod Boys all just be a psyop? I have no idea at this point. This whole reality show of the Federal Apprentice, we thought it was over. It's not over. It's going to keep going. It's going to keep going, and CNN's going to continue to sell commercials off of it. All right. Then the last thing we do on Thursday is a thing that I like and a thing that I hate and head on out of here for the day. So we'll fly through these here because I'm already running way behind. From the Daily Wire, sex trafficking survivor challenges Jack Dorsey on heels of bombshell lawsuit. How do you sleep at night? From Amanda Press to Giacomo. Twitter was hit with a bombshell lawsuit last week alleging that a young boy who was solicited and recruited for sex trafficking had to endure his own sexual abuse material being promoted on Twitter even after attempts were made to review the, or remove the content. Sex trafficking survivor and advocate Eliza Blue, who has worked with the boy dubbed John Doe for anonymity, has challenged Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey in the wake of the suit. 
John Doe serves as a voice for the countless victims and survivors of the U.S. and around the world. Blue told the Daily Wire in a statement sent via email, Most of the children being abused cannot report their abuse to Twitter. Big Tech has shown consistently that they're unwilling to remove the child sexual abuse material and human trafficking from their platform at scale. So much as we have seen the, uh, in times past, it takes brave survivors stepping forward to create the change. John Doe is that survivor in this case, the advocate asserted. His bravery will have a positive impact on the internet forever. He is a fighter, a young man, wise beyond his years, willing to take on big tech. Blue said she used to think of Jack and the folks at Twitter corporate as people that I could trust. I thought that Twitter cared about vulnerable populations, she said. <laughs> I thought that Twitter cared about survivors. I changed my mind after hearing the details of John Doe's story. I haven't stopped fighting since. <laughs> Blue, who is followed by Dorsey on Twitter, challenged the founder via direct message, though she says that she has yet to get a response from the big tech leader. I have a question I've been meaning to ask you for a few months, Blue wrote to Dorsey. How do you sleep at, no at night knowing a portion of your profits are coming from child abuse on Twitter and you stay silent, she accused. Now, I don't like that the kid got abused. I hate that. I don't like that Twitter's covering this up. What I like about this is the fact that people like Eliza Blue are making sure that this doesn't get memory hold because I'm, I was waiting. I knew that as soon as we started seeing stuff about GameStop, as soon as we started seeing stuff about the 100,000 jobs lost, that this was going to get memory hold. This was going to go away. And that's what we've been seeing out of this news cycle forever. Going back into the later parts of the Bush era, when something stops being politically convenient, it gets completely memory hold. When's the last time you heard anything about the National Guard troops in D.C., other than the fact that they had just been ordered home as of Monday? Well, most of them. They're still keeping a, a contingent and a presence there. No, it got memory hold. And this is probably going down that same path, but Eliza Blue is doing everything she can right now and working with the Daily Wire as well. Never say that... They didn't serve a purpose at some point here to keep this on the front of our minds because this, this is terrible. And I'm sure that Twitter never intended for this to get back out because they wanted to just sit on this and say, oh, well, that's a problem and we're going to deal with it. Hey, look over here. GameStop stock is going up. I'm sure that's what they wanted to happen here, but this needs to stay on the front of everybody's minds. After Twitter manipulated the election, and suspended the leader of the free world. They got caught with their grubby fucking hands in a little kid's pants. Figuratively, of course. Not literally. And this is going down the road of the fucking memory hole, too. And it doesn't need to be in the memory hole. We need to look at this. So thank you, Eliza Blue, for doing this. Now let's finish off with something that I hate. Man pleads guilty in a plot to kidnap Mission Governor Gretchen Whitmer from Lauren Devali. Now, I'm glad that he did this. I'm very glad that he did this, that he pleaded guilty. But as we read down into this and we see more, once again, just like I said with the Capitol Police that killed himself, this has got fed written all over it. This is all fed. Fed, 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 fed. All they're doing right now is showing what, they're, what they are. 
One of six men federally charged on suspicion of being involved in a plot to kidnap Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer last year pleaded guilty Wednesday. Ty Garbin, 25, signed an agreement pleading guilty in federal court in Michigan to the sole charge against him, kidnapping conspiracy. According to the agreement, Garbin will continue to cooperate with pro uh, prosecutors against the five other defendants, all of whom have pleaded not guilty to kidnapping conspiracy. We're seeing this pop up everywhere. The Capitol Police just suddenly having a bout of depression on his way to work one day and killing himself in the car. The gentleman who was involved in the Capitol riot that says, oh, well, I went to Capitol riot because Donald Trump told me that I'm supposed to go and march on the Capitol. Oh, but hey, Joe Biden's the president now. So now, no, no, now, now it's all good. Now I accept Joe Biden as the president. Donald Trump, as the president, told me not to accept Joe Biden as the president. But now that Biden's president, now I accept him. And now this. I planned to kidnap G Governor Gretchen Whitmer. Oh, well, no, I'm just going to, I'm going to cooperate with authorities. No, you know what? No, it, it's all good. I don't buy anything that happened over the last year anymore at this point. I, this whole thing, the, the beginning of the Biden presidency, the end of the Trump presidency, if this doesn't turn me into Alex Jones at this point, I don't know what will because I'm getting out. There. I'm ready to tear this shirt off and start screaming about chemicals in the water. Seeing shit like this over and over again. The people who were so adamant that the governor, uh, government of Michigan was wrong just suddenly rolling over and saying, oh, well, you know what? You caught me. I'm done. People this adamant don't just roll over like this. But this one's going to go away and it's going to get memory hole too. So once we're out of here, once we found out that this guy's just going to plead guilty and, oh, well, it's okay. This one's going to go away. We're never going to hear about it again. And we're going to move on with our lives into something else. All right. And that is going to be it. For the week here, remember, if you guys are lurking, get that last-minute comment in there because I will get your name in the notebook and we'll read a special thank you to everybody tomorrow morning at this very... Well, hopefully it'll be a little bit earlier than this because uh, I'm running way behind right now. We started a little bit late and uh, we had a lot to go through over the GameStop thing. By the way, yes, this is live, by the way, not pre-recorded. Thank you, Sofros Geek, for that. But uh, we'll get your name in the notebook for tomorrow. And we will see, uh, we'll give you your thank you, uh, thank you for the morning. Otherwise, we'll be back here this weekend for Across the Board with the R-rated conservative, Chris Lokes, KCK89 over on Twitter, and Angela Ramirez returning to Across the Board for her second trip. Looking forward to that as we discuss what it is that we plan to do during the Biden presidency to make sure that we stay afloat. It's going to be a great time, and there's going to be a lot of good information there. These people, the people I picked for this panel are great and they've got very strong opinions about Biden as well. I'm almost glad that we waited until after the GameStop thing too, just to see what, what changes on people's opinions. So looking forward to that monologue starts at 530 central time on Saturday. Guests come on at six. Otherwise, join us tomorrow for more contemporary and a special thank you to the people who chatted in the live chat for that. Until then, I'm Jay Edgar and this is Contemporary. <laughs>